You are listening to a roundup of my posts in Anchor this week. I'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to call into the station. And thanks for stopping by. Today is Monday the 10th July 2017. Thanks for stopping by as always. Actually, I tell a little lie because it's um, gone midnight, so it's quarter past midnight. It's been a long day today, actually, up at um, 6am and uh, had an evening meeting, which meant getting home just before midnight, but um, all good. Grinding away, getting stuff done, and um, definitely all positive. So lots of things I'd like to talk about today, but obviously with limited time, we'll try and um, just focus on a couple. I think the first one that I wanted to mention was this whole concept of self-learning. Um, again, it's often said and definitely true that, you know, when you're on an entrepreneurial journey and you're trying to build something, um, you sort of have to teach yourself how to do a lot of things. Um that maybe you didn't know how to do before and, and become familiar with a bunch of areas. Appreciating that you're not you're not becoming an expert in those areas, but you are learning what you need to know to be able to get what you need to get done done, if that makes sense. Um so the reason for, for mentioning this was, you know, one of the areas that I that I have become relatively familiar with is the whole area of social media. Um and in particular, you know, with Facebook and Facebook uh, marketing and adverts, um, you know, and today I ended up creating one of these um, forms on Facebook where you can get people to sign up for various things. Um, and in my context, I mentioned previously about having this emergency medicine app and the Android version being more or less ready. And I have made some progress. We're looking through all of that. And I think all being well, we should hopefully have it released in the next three to four weeks. And there have been a lot of people over the last few years since the iOS version came out asking for an Android version. So I thought it might be good to, um, you know, register some interest before it goes live so I can let those people know when it's available. Um, so created one of these Facebook forms for capturing email addresses for those people to let them know. And again, it's a bit of a sort of self-learning exercise to know that those forms exist in the first place but also how to set them up and how to integrate them with your um mailing list provider but um, anyway it's all good and nowadays you know you can learn so many things via the internet um youtube videos are often good for self-learning anyway um the other thing i wanted to talk about was writing um which it's one of those things that I don't know how much time most of us spend consciously thinking about our writing. Um, but certainly, you know, they do say that one of the things that one should be trying to aspire to do, and actually this applies to design as well, is simplicity and taking a more kind of minimalist approach and looking at what you can get rid of and what is not necessary, what doesn't add to the message. And certainly, you know, writing's obviously been around for a very long time and there are some classic uh, writing books and so on that, um, you know, have been around for a long time. Um, and then in this day and age with the internet and copywriting in a digital format, but you've obviously had copywriting um, in a hard copy format for, for many years. 
anyway, so um, I was writing something and I was getting a bit bored of using Microsoft Word all the time. And I thought, you know, change of environment might provide some inspiration. But I came um, across this uh, tool that's called Hemingway Editor. And uh, it's free if you use the online version, I think. It's uh, it's £19.99 UK sterling if you pay for the version that allows you to save things offline. But it's it's quite cool because what it includes is this kind of editing interface where it'll um, highlight your text in terms of things like have you used too much adverbs, have you used a passive voice, are the sentence difficult to read and so on. And honestly, it's really eye-opening, and I've certainly significantly edited bits of text that I and others have written using this this new tool, and it's amazing, and it really does help you to um, focus your message, so it's all good. And you've got to go, so um, I'm going to leave you with a quick quote, which is Hofstadter's Law. It always takes longer than you expect, even when you take into account Hofstadter's Law. Great, catch you tomorrow. Bye. Today is Wednesday, the 12th of July, 2017. Thank you for stopping by once again. Uh, so first up, apologies that there was no segment yesterday. Um, question, why wasn't there? <laughs> um, the honest answer is, essentially, I was just too tired. Um, as I mentioned on Monday evening, Monday was a long day, um, and I then had four to five hours sleep left home early yesterday um, and got back home finally at something like quarter to one in the morning, 12.30, something like that. Uh, and the day included six hours of driving, including in lots of rain and traffic and so on. So Crimea River, right? <laughs> um, but actually the, the thing I wanted to chat about, I guess, is that yesterday was, um, you know, not work-related. Um, and as things currently stand, I have a little bit of control over my own schedule. And yesterday was ring-fenced as a personal day. Um, so what I hear you say could be so important as to warrant taking off an entire day like that. Um, well, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because this is not unique to entrepreneurs. There's a lot of people that work very, very hard. And, um, you know, obviously I'm sort of more focused on conversations around entrepreneurship and founding business at the moment. But there is this whole thing about um, what is the price at which it comes in terms of personal relationships. So friends, family, and of course your, uh, you know, your partner um, that you live with or in a romantic relationship with and so on. And what price does it come, you know? does entrepreneurship and founding a business take on those relationships? Um, as far as romantic partnership goes, I'm, you know, extremely, extremely lucky because I have an immensely supportive partner. We're very much in sync with one another and we're both on our separate but also very interrelated life purpose journeys. Um, and, you know, I, I at least endeavour to try and ring fence some time um, where we can spend that time together without work being involved. And it doesn't always work out that way, but that's the intention. Um, so what about yesterday? Well, yesterday was actually a day that was entirely ring-fenced, in essence, um, for my mum. And, uh, you know, this is kind of the second uh, appearance of my mum on these segments. But um, essentially there was a, an event yesterday that she really wanted to go to. She's not really in a situation where she could travel there um you know, drive there herself or go on public transport. 
and essentially she was very much at a loose end in terms of how she would get there and how she would manage the day. Um, she needs to use a wheelchair at times at the moment and has some difficulty walking. Um, anyway, to sort of fast forward a little bit, basically the um, the only realistic and tenable solution was for me to pick her up, take her there, spend the day at the event and, you know, bring her home at night and drop her back home. Um, and essentially that that was, you know, what, what yesterday was all about. Um, but it was interesting because by the time I got back home, I was like, I'm just in... <laughs> in no state of consciousness to actually, um, you know, record a segment. Um, so, you know, kind of interesting in that regard. Um, what else do I want to talk about today? Well, one thing I, I was listening to a conversation some people were having and, um, they were referencing this whole thing where people say, you know, take care to each other when they are signing off an email or saying goodbye to somebody. And I must admit that I um, I do that a lot, or certainly used to do that a lot, um, kind of thinking that it was a nice thing to say, really take care. But um, what they were saying was that they thought that maybe rather than take care, what we should be saying to each other is take chances. And, um, you know, I kind of love that, really. I haven't got time in this segment to go into this whole area of how people's lives are often very much dictated and um, constrained by fear. But... Um, the essence of the conversation they were having was sort of around that essentially was, you know, the restrictions that fear places on many people's lives and that, um, you know, more people need to be up for taking chances essentially. And so when we uh, say goodbye to one another, <laughs> we should tell e we should say to each other, take chances rather than take care in order to remind us that, um, you know, what, what essentially is life without risk and life governed by fear is, uh, no way to live. But I'm sure I'll come back to that in future segments. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you tomorrow. Bye. Today is Thursday the 13th of July 2017. Thank you for stopping by once again, and I hope you're doing really well. Uh, two or three things I wanted to just chat about this evening. So um, the first one was about negotiation. So, you know, I'm sure you'll be aware that there have been books written on the art of negotiation and the psychology of negotiation. Um, and I don't for a second claim to be any good at it or having have spent any time trying to get any better at it. Um, but we had another one of those meetings today, you know, to do with a site where there was, I think, about seven of us sitting around a big table and various stages of, you know, being in a suit or in a jacket or whatever. Um, and it's always quite fascinating to me being part of these meetings where we're having these discussions because... You know, there's always this, um, to some degree, kind of elaborate game and dance occurring where people aren't wanting to be entirely transparent and clear about what they think and show their hand too early and, you know, are sort of being cagey and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it does make me laugh because I think we all know where we're ending up uh, and what the end point of this negotiation is. And <clears throat> sometimes I think, why can't we just, you know, speed up the process and <laughs> get to the end point? Um but I'm perhaps more transparent and uh, honest than maybe some people would uh, consider to be best practice when it comes to negotiating. But um, I don't know. It was just it always it always fascinates me. The um, the second thing I wanted to touch on today was culture, and culture is something that I'm going to come back to. I'm sure many times in these segments. Um, you know, as you know, that I'm setting up a veterinary referral centre, and it's a huge part of the planning that's going into that. And um, 
this idea that culture is the way you do things, you know, the way we do things around here. And the reason I wanted to raise it was um, I had coffee this evening with a friend of mine who's currently doing a three-year veterinary uh, residency training program. She's from the UK, but she's doing this program in the States. And I think she would confess that she doesn't, you know, the the experience of the residency hasn't been as great as she thought it would. It's not been going as well as she had hoped. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm a sort of spectator to this secondhand, if you like. Um, and therefore, it's hard to know what the entire truth of why some of the issues that have arisen, you know, why they have arisen. Um, but you do wonder whether it's partly to do with the culture of the hospital in which she's in. And what role does she have to play in that? I don't know. Um, but the main reason for raising it was, you know, so her seniors in this program have taken her to task at times about her behavior and her performance and her interpersonal communications and so on, and have variably offered to support her and mentor her and so and so forth, which they should, rightly so. Um, but it was disappointing to hear that, you know, there have been several occasions where she has tried to arrange a mentoring session or a supervising session where that individual is then cancelled on her. And I sort of feel like if you're going to offer, um, then you need to step up and also deliver, right? I don't think it's right to, you know, criticise, provide negative feedback, offer solutions, but then continue to, to fail to deliver them. Um, so, yeah, that that was a bit, um, a bit of a sort of period of, you know, an, an insight into how you can not necessarily do things very well. <clears throat> um the final thing I want to touch on briefly is I mentioned last week about evidence-based medicine. And, uh, you know, I had another email today from somebody um, asking me about uh, an area that to do with measure, measuring blood pressure in cats. And basically she, or rather her colleagues in her practice, had heard something on a course, which they have then gone on to, you know, uh, incorporate into their clinical practice in terms of how they interpret blood pressure reading in cats. And um, this individual that uh, emailed me was looking for evidence for this this thing that they had heard. Um, and she's basically struggling to find any. And so she was reaching out to me to find out if I know of any and what my view is on this matter. And it was just a, a you know very stark example of how you can go on a course and hear something, but not really know the truth of it other than it's an expert, in inverted commas, that's telling you this fact. And when you go to look for the evidence, perhaps it isn't out there. Um, so I'll obviously reply to her, but I thought it was, uh, you know, a classic, another classic example. Anyway, um, remember, take chances, um, be compassionate, be in a beautiful state. And um, thanks for listening again. And I will catch you again tomorrow. Cheers. Bye bye. Today is Friday, the 14th of July, 2017. Thanks as always for stopping by. So quite a few things I wanted to touch on this evening, actually. Um, the first, I guess, is uh, slightly downbeat, but it's around this issue of um, pet bereavement and more specifically whether pets grieve the loss of other pets in the home. Um, and I guess the question is is partly related to the fact that how do we know? Um, and there's certainly a lot of anecdotal evidence of behavioral changes um, and th other things that happen to the animals that are left behind after a pet dies. Um, obviously, this is not an opportunity for me to go into it in a lot of detail, but I guess I would just pose the question that why would we expect them not to? At the end of the day, the pets that we live with, the 
companion animals that share our homes. Um, these are sentient beings that form relationships and bonds with not just us, but also with one another. And therefore, whilst we don't always uh, know, or we could even argue that maybe some pets don't show evidence of grief when another pet in the house dies, um, certainly, you know, as I say, there's plenty of anecdotal evidence that, that some do, and why would we not expect them to? And of course, this makes the whole uh, question of all the other trillions of animals that are exploited in the world for human gain, um, who are also sentient beings, and also form their own bonds and relationships with one another whilst they are in each other's company. This makes that whole issue, you know, also very acute as well, um, because obviously those animals are often dragged off to be slaughtered or whatever other cruelty is put on them. And um, it not only means that their lives taken, but it also separates them from other sentient beings with which they're bonded. So not a very pleasant subject, but it was just something that came up today in some of the stuff around the Ralph site that I wanted to touch on. As far as I'm concerned, yes, other animal companions do grieve when a pet in the house dies. Um, changing tack completely then, I wanted to talk about something else, and that is a um, an online platform. It's one of these kind of two-sided marketplaces. It's called Design Crowd. Essentially, the idea is you have a bunch of designers that are subscribed onto the website, and then you have a bunch of people that need designs doing, and the platform provides an opportunity for um, the designers to service the needs of the, the people needing the design. These kinds of platforms are very commonly used by a lot of people and especially by entrepreneurs, especially when money is tight and you're trying to get some stuff done without paying, you know, full professional fees, if you like. Um, the reason for raising it really is I just used it recently. In fact, I was trying to get the artwork done for the podcast cover for this anchor audio that I'm hoping to turn into a podcast. Um, and I had used Design Crowd before and the last couple of times I used it you know, I was really quite pleased with the output. But I have to say this time I haven't been really. Um, I had about 20 odd designs submitted, but um, for the same money as I paid previously, I really wasn't, haven't been overly impressed with any of the options. Um, and I guess for me, that probably represents the fact that there are probably a huge number of designers on that platform now with a dilution of the quality of the work being done. But I suppose that's sometimes in inevitable in these situations. The uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, again, is a complete change of subject, but, um, you know, I, I get much less time nowadays to, to do, but what I, um, you know, used to love doing back in the day was to watch tennis, and in particular Wimbledon tennis, which is on at the moment, um, and I just wanted to, you know, share my uh, pleasure, if you like, at the fact that both Roger Federer and Venus Williams have made the final uh, two legends of the game, and especially... Roger Federer, you know, I confess to being a massive fan. So that's very pleased to see, and I will be doing my best to watch the uh, the final on Sunday. Um, I came across a quote today that I really loved and I wanted to share with you. I'm not quite sure who it's by, but the quote goes, The depths don't scare me, darling. I would rather drown in the raging deep than suffer shallow water. And I thought that was um, that was really cool. Okay, so remember, take chances, be compassionate, live a beautiful life, have a great weekend, and um, I will catch you after the weekend. Cheers, bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. I really appreciate you spending some time with me. 
I'd really love to hear from you. Um, you can either call in to the anchor station um, or you can get hold of me in various other ways. So I'm on email at shaylenjasani at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at vetemcc. You can also find me on LinkedIn um, and on Facebook as Shailen Jasani. And indeed, if you Google me, I'm sure you'll be able to find um, a way of getting in touch. And I'd really, really love to hear from you. So thanks again for your time. Catch you soon. Bye.